It is Thursday, June 1st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. I'm R.J. Bell. Game one of the NBA Finals is tonight. And I was hoping to get A.J. I heard he wasn't here, so I figure it's a good day to come in. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. A.J. Hoffman out, R.J. Bell in. Upgrade. <laughs> As we get you ready for game one of the NBA Finals tonight in Denver, the Nuggets are now up to nine point favorites over the Heat. RJ, did you expect this number to go up even further from where we saw it yesterday? Here's a phenomenon I think has that's evolved in the last couple of years since legalization, which is whatever the narrative is, whatever the the kind of the quasi-expert opinion is. So when I say quasi, I mean it's not someone betting 10,000 a game, but it's someone that maybe on the media side that's now spending a lot of time on it. Maybe it's their focus. A guy like you who was always interested in sports betting. I remember years, many years ago doing hits at NBC. You were the producer. You always had an interest in it. You always were very good to me. And as it's evolved, your interest has gone up. Mm -hmm. You came out. We're working for another company that was, again, sports gambling-based. Here now, sports gambling-based at pregame.com. So I think the amount of the speed that information travels now is so much faster. And to me, what this information is, is the long history of teams off seven-game series or with big rest disparities, which is kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or I guess it's off seven-game series if the other team wasn't. Yeah. Right? That disparity is meaningful. And I think that a big chunk of this line – is about that, and you know how we can tell for sure if I'm right? In game two, assuming Denver wins, what will the line be? Fess says seven and a half. I think it's seven or even six and a half. I think a lot of this big number is about that rest disparity. Now, I think I think the line could be similar in game two if Denver wins, and the only reason is I think we're seeing this increase, this tick up, because of the amount of time that we have in between games. Okay. It's not like it's just one game, one day off, and then we have you, this game. So you think that's advantage Denver? I think, yes. Oh, I think you're opposite. Because then. I think the whole, convers- the whole conversation is about what you said. Miami coming off of game seven. Denver being the home team with the rest. There's so much out there that's talking about Denver, Denver, Denver. Okay, that's going to apply the, before this first game. And I, but, yes. But, but I'm saying throughout the series, well, extra we have, days of rest, who do you think that advantages? Well, the the rest advantage helps Miami I as think far so. as playing. Yes. But the days, like having two days off between game one and game two, all that does is fuel the public betting even more. I know. It's more yeah. opportunity for the public to come in and bet the favorite because the public doesn't take the dog. The public lays the points. Yeah. All right. Let's, so I'll say this. I think for this game, you're right. And I, the only thing I would add to it is I think it's the awakening to Denver. Because Denver was pretty much an unknown mm-hmm. in many ways. And then sweeping the Lakers. Is there a better way or is there a more prominent way that you can get attention than sweep LeBron? So they've done dominant 
uh, performance Denver has. I mean, you think about it. They Let's say they win this thing 4-1. So they lost one game against Minnesota, right? two games against Phoenix, mm-hmm. none against the Lakers. Yep. Let's say one here. Four losses in, in the playoffs will put them in a real rarefied air. And obviously they still have to do that. But Denver is getting a lot of love. I think the extra time is helping that. But I think from here on, mm-hmm. it's going to be about Jimmy Butler and the thinner Miami team. And Butler seems to be hurt a lot, always. I think rest helps them more. Let me ask you, though, the zigzag, right? The typical zigzag theory is one: it, whoever needs to win more mm-hmm. tends to do better. Well, Denver hasn't allowed for that. Denver has kept the pedal to the metal this playoffs. So has Miami. Remember, Miami beat Boston in game one and then beat them in game two, which was, I think, the first time in 18 games that that scenario had happened. Mm-hmm. So I think both these teams maybe will be anti-zigzag, but the zigzag says if Denver wins, it goes down. The fact that this rest advantage was a big advantage in game one, I won't try to bait you into a bet, but I would lay – how's this sound? If Denver wins and there's no injury, major injuries right to Miami, let's say, I would say the odds of this line being nine or more the next game are like 10 to one. I think it's eight and a half or less 90% of the time. I would be that sure of it. Yeah, regardless of how Denver wins? If anything, if they win more impressively, it tends to not matter with the zigzag. Um, Even though you look at their game two performances, you know, uh, was it a nine-point win against the Timberwolves in game two, a 10-point win against the Suns in game two, uh, only a five-point win over the Lakers in Game Two. Yeah, and yeah. they won all those games. I'm, I'm saying they won. They won the game ones, and then they won the game two. But let's not forget the Phoenix one. Uh, just re- recollecting the game was a situation where if Phoenix didn't cover, they sh- they probably. You remember McKenzie on that? I I can't remember because you were talking about. Remember McKenzie and I had a bet. He had Phoenix mm-hmm. and I had Denver, and he was telling a bunch of stories. About how, you know, oh, it could have been this, it could have been that. And he does remind me, Chris Paul was hurt in the third quarter of that game. And they outscored him 27-14 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, because the Suns were up eight. So, to some degree, I would say Denver's game twos, if you look at the ATS margin, might be their worst game. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that means anything because it's a small sample. It doesn't mean much, I don't think. I I just think that, first off, I think Denver's a much better team. Mm -hmm. And I think Denver wins this series in five games. I I do think it's a 4-1 series. Um, and a lot of people believe that the price on this in the series is a little bit short. And the question is, how much change has there been? How much reevaluation in Miami's power rating? How much in Denver's? Because I would make the case Denver's been upgraded as much as any number one seed making the finals I've ever seen. Because let's think about it. They were one of the least decorated number one seeds we've ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Miami last year wasn't. Well, maybe uh, maybe Toronto before they won the title, right? How many but, times did they get the number one, and how many times were they just above LeBron a little bit? I, I don't remember how many times they were the one seed. I don't think it was more than once. I think there was, I thought there was a couple of years where they were like a one seed, and it was like you know no one even like recognized them. It's no, like no, no, just just 2018 was the only year they were a one seed. Oh, really? And okay. Is that the year they won it? No, that was uh, <laughs> in 2019. They were a second seed, and they won it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So they, but, but you're right. They yeah. were had a Lebr- they had home court against LeBron a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't mean anything. So I agree with you. But I would say this: maybe not the most undecorated, but certainly in that tier. Of, of people weren't in love with. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not forget Phoenix in the second round was minus 140 yeah. without home court. 
So obviously they were less, but but I think that domination of Phoenix, the domination of the Lakers, it, it's just got everyone reevaluating the Nuggets. And I think a lot a lot of people respecting Jokic more. Yeah. Because well, they're seeing him finally. Right? Yeah. But there's people, and, and and you know, I put myself in that category as well. You saw the guy winning back-to-back MVPs, and you're like, yeah, it makes sense. Like he's he's putting up incredible numbers, player efficiency rating, everything that you want to say. But then it's like, well, is he one of the greatest players of this generation? Is he one of the greatest players of all time that he's going to win three straight MVPs? Yeah, but is that what it and, sh- is that what it should be? Because you don't know how great someone is until you look back. Of on course, it, right. In a weird way, it's almost like the lack of hype is what's endearing mm-hmm. about him. And I, I just, I'm, I just think that there is a much bigger appreciation for Jokic now, mm-hmm. as as opposed to where there was. During the regular season. I agree. Even after he won two MVPs. I agree, which I think, as a quick aside, speaks to the idea of these efficiency ratings, these advanced stats, are very abstract. Mm. When you hear PER of 29. Yeah, what does it mean? Net rating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, unless you're a math guy mm-hmm. and, and you love these analytics, it's really, you know, I didn't know for a, <laughs> quite a while that. 15 was an average PER. I always knew 30 was the good number, you know, Jordan. Yeah. But I didn't know 15 was average. You think they would have made it where zero was 15 and 15 was elite and minus 15 was horrible. And it would make sense that you yeah. have a minus number or a plus number. <laughs> I, I do it in baseball all the time now. There's a, there's a, uh, an analytical stat. It's called weighted runs created plus. And like the good teams are like the, in the 150, 1, you know, 40 range. But, like, league average is 100. Mm-hmm. Why would a league average just be zero? Well, <laughs> then, at least if it's 100, it kind of makes yeah. sense, right? But it's like, why would it just be zero? And then you go either above zero or below zero. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> now, by the way, Mackenzie just flashed this. It's compelling, right? So if you think of PER, for example, and I'm not saying that it's not an effective measure. I'm saying it doesn't resonate with the average fan. Mm-hmm. But the second highest PER in playoff history, Michael Jordan. So you're thinking, wow. It's a good stat, yeah, right? You're like, what's who's the first? Wilt, you know, yeah. somebody like that, or Bill Russell, yeah, 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 Jokic, number one, and it's not even really close. Michael's twenty eight. I mean, when it comes to the distinction here, he's six tenths of a point above, which is pretty darn high. I mean, I'm interested, Mackenzie. Who's two or three and four, and what's the distance? Because I'm guessing it's it's. I'm betting two to four is at least is less than six tenths. I'm I'm betting there's more of a cluster two, three, and four than Jokic is over one and two. I'm guessing here. We'll see. I'll, I'll grab that in a second. By the way, regular season, same top two. Of all time, of all time. Yeah, career PER. So I mean, you say is he one of the best of the generation? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is he yes. one of the best yeah. of all time? Yeah. At this point, yeah. I mean, you got a guy like Bill Simmons saying. He's the best playmaker, maybe the best offensive player he's ever seen. Mm. You know, and again, I think a playmaker that makes more sense to me because Jordan, obviously, or even you can make the case in other great scores. Like Kobe was a great scorer. I don't think he was as much of a team guy. We had a long talk about that, but Jokic is about. You know, I, I, there was a great interview on Ryan Rosillo. Uh, Van Gundy was on. If you haven't listened to it, it's just today. Jefferson. 
uh, Jeff. Okay. Jeff. And <laughs> there's he, a distinction. No, I hear you. I hear you. And I love Stan. Is there a there difference? Was, there was no yeah. eating in between. Okay. I, mean, in, <laughs> I love Stan. Stan's a great guy. I like Stan, yeah. but Stan has an appetite. Can we agree to that? <laughs> I mean, which there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I would say, <laughs> I'd be funny if that was your shtick. You came on and just were like, <laughs> like you just heard chomping it's like, and it's, stuff. It's like Brad Pitt and he's always eating in like the scenes. Yeah. Which, is, <laughs> which they actually say for people that know about movies, the worst thing you ever have to do is eat because they shoot the thing 50 times. So how do you keep eating like one bite of a hot dog every time? <laughs> but apparently he was able to do it. I don't know. So if we look at these ratings here, playoff leaders. So we got number three, obviously, George Milken from the Minneapolis Lakers. <laughs> George Mikan. Or Mikan. Is it Milken or Mikan? Mikan. You know what's funny? He's got that in eight point font. It is very, I, I can't mean, see why, it. why would he do that? Because I want to read the ABA, ABA all-time ranking. I have to be fair to the ABA. Oh, you have, come on. Artist Gilmore. I do. It was tough, I heard. No, this is what's fascinating over there. You talk about a spread. Dr. J was number one at 27 and change. Artist Gilmore, 22, yeah. number two. But anyway, Michael, 28-6. Oh, look how right I was. 28-5 for Mikan. And then LeBron was uh, a little bit more, 27-9. So, yeah. But again, this is pretty... And... uh Okay, but the numbers you put up are wrong here, Mackenzie. Jokic is 28-9. I must have had uh, before the last game. Oh, oh okay. But anyway, mm -hmm. this guy's number one. Yeah. and All time. And I, I and Van Gundy was making the point, you can't even appreciate him fully on TV. That that his passing ability, mm -hmm. the passes he makes, if you're watching, and again, I've never seen an NBA game live. Which I want oh really to. no I, I it's it's honestly if the first time you've ever gone to see an NBA game it looks comical to you now did you get a chance to sit near the core because I think oh, yeah, that's yeah. unbelievable yes. okay but, but the first the first time you ever go it will not make sense to you 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 would think that they would have to make the uh, the, the court bigger which I because they should because these guys are so big and the ball is so small and you just look at the court and you're like wow. They could take like three steps and be on one baseline to the other baseline. It just on TV does nothing compared to the first time you ever see it in person. Plus, you add in the Euro step. I would recommend. Uh, listen, uh, well, Vegas. The Vegas summer league's coming uh, yeah. soon. I see Victor Wembanyama. Oh, he'll play like three minutes probably. But but here's what I'll say: is the rumor is Vegas is getting a team. Yes. The rumor is LeBron's going to be involved, mm -hmm. which I love that because you might as well have a big power you know involved, but. I would seriously, and I think I may if I can do it, is I would love to get season tickets. Yeah. It's you know, a great investment. I, yeah, but I mean, that's, I, well, yeah, I do hear you can sell them off and yeah. almost pay for them. That's interesting. But um, even if it was a real cost, like to me, if I, I don't love live sporting events at all. I mean, like I don't go to many football. At one time, it was a funny joke. The only games I'd ever gone to were um, New Year's Day games uh, in college bowls and cha national championship games. Like, I was, like, nine games in once, and that was the only games I went Because <laughs> I, I had buddies and coaches. Yeah, yeah. Make the, but um, the, only, the only NFL game I've ever seen was the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah, the Steelers in Arizona. I was at, you know, I've been to the media side, but that was mm -hmm. the one game I went to. So, but I would love to come and see Giannis, you know, which is why the whole kind of, Load management, I think, is so tough. If you're in the other conference, they play at your place one time, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, let's say Milwaukee comes to Vegas. I don't know which conference it's going to be in, but Milwaukee comes to Vegas. Let's say they're in the West, let's say. 
the one time you're going to get to see him. So if he sits out that game. And think about that road trip. They'll probably go, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll go Phoenix, the double L.A. trip, and then Vegas. And you're like, uh, and then maybe up to Sacramento and Portland. And it's like, you know they're sitting out these games. (laughs) The the practical, that's interesting. You make a great point. The practical side would say sit out on these long road trips, especially if you have a almost a scheduled loss, right? In a way, for the fans, it'd be better for them to miss home games because, yeah, you, you don't want them to miss your game. But if you got season tickets and you're seeing, mm-hmm. let's say, th- 25 of the 41 games, yeah. you're going to catch your guy a, or your all the guys a bunch. Yes, right? from from a from a fan base perspective, you want your stars to play all the road games because you want yeah. them to go visit all the other places and Especially sell the if it's stadiums out of there. Conference the, teams do this all the time. And I remember when um, the Nets did this when they were bad. Uh, they well, you gotta you gotta clarify more than that. Yeah. <laughs> this is they were still in Jersey. Okay, right. This was Brendan Byrne. I guess this had to have been after the championship run, or maybe it was when was there a cha- oh with the, the, the kid the, the, the two okay. the NBA finals runs yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but there was a period they were they were it was bad they were bad. Mm-hmm. They were running promotions based on the opponents coming in, and it was like buy a five game package you get to see Kobe. Tim Duncan, you know Steve Nash, and it was I like, think I'd buy like that they, yeah, it was like it was like they were selling the games that you could go, like you could see the Lakers, you could see the, the Suns, you could see the Spurs, like all this stuff, like that's what it was to try and get people to buy tickets to go to the games. You know, uh, I saw Springsteen in '92, the first six shows of his tour at Brendan Byrne. Wow. Uh huh. Uh huh. I know you as a New York and guy. Then it, and then it became Continental Airlines Arena. Is that right? And I, then do you know what it's used for now? Uh, rodeos. No, it is a uh, it is a staging. It's a studio for NBC. They shoot like Law and Order and okay, and okay. like all these shows, like film. It's like a state. It's like a soundstage. Now I like oh, more than one. I would guess. Well, yeah, like they basically like NBC or whatever production company like basically purchased the whole arena and they use it for a production studio. So if you think about Jokic, is I think you know it was on this show that I had the real long conversation about the MVP. it's fascinating how this to me feels like a dichotomy between the American players and the, in the, uh, I don't like international international Mm -hmm. or overseas. Yeah. Is, um, it's funny. I am not politically correct at all, as most people would know. But like foreign doesn't seem right to me. Foreign born? Yeah, so foreign like, born I can deal with. Okay. But they so, say the foreign players. No, just say foreign born players. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not asking yeah. you how to do radio. I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that is one for whatever reason. But you hear like serious people use it, so it's kind of interesting. You think that's derogatory? It, to me, it resonates that way, and I'm not even sure why. Hmm. Maybe because I love America so much, and I think if you're not from here, it's a big negative. Yeah, I, I but it's not know. like they're saying they're not like they're calling them illegals. No, well, like that's I, a, that's a terrible term. Well, to be honest, that doesn't bother me as much. <laughs> really? Be, because the theory is, if there if there is a law and you're breaking it, yeah. kind of what you I mean, sure. does it have to be the only way you're referenced? Probably not. <laughs> but but I don't think it's offensive. Um, again, I guess. If I was in, let's say Italy, right? So I'm three fourths Italian. So I and I was raised very Italian. So let's say that I was gonna uh, go on the lamb, right? I had to go to the other side, and, and I was in Italy. If I didn't have a visa or whatever that is in Italy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be worried about what they were calling me. I'd be worried I wasn't caught. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I would be worried like, and again, in a way, you gotta have sympathy, right? If if someone's like here all the time worried. 
as much as you know we want to control our borders i think we want to be fair and generous too you know as as uh what would we call it? Empathetic as possible. Mm-hmm. That would be bad is the idea of just wait. And some people, it's been like 20, 30 years. Just any yeah. minute they could hear a knock on the door. So, yeah, hey, listen, obviously many sides of that story. But I guess what I'm saying is I'm a bleeding heart in one case when it comes to foreign. What do you think, Mackenzie? Uh I think foreign it does kind of have a connotation of uh, it's kind of like an oriental rug. You wouldn't call a person that same term. I think foreign means a kind of food, a kind of some not a person, foreign born or international. I can deal with foreign born. Um, by the way, that whole oriental thing that's new. Like ten years ago, twelve years ago. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know when that shit. It's like the as they now say the R word is like there. It is wild when there's something that everyone said with no problem. Mm-hmm. And then one day it was just decided, no, no, that's wrong. Yeah. It, well, I feel like every couple of years there's like a new list. Oh, I think of every words couple of weeks. That you can't say. I think every couple yeah. of weeks at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, oh. what, what about it between the American yeah. and foreign born players? Thanks for getting me back on that. Is let's think about Giannis, for example. So, who's the best players in the league? Listen, we got one guy that's 57% in two years. Let's. Just rattle off your list right now of the best players, McKenzie. Giannis, Steph Curry, Jokic. Uh, I think there's a, that's the, that's a tier by itself, and then you'd add. Um, well, he's good Embiid. at this, isn't he? No, I, th- I think I think more than ever those three have separated themselves. Jokic, Durant. So, Curry. so you think right now Steph Curry is clearly better than Embiid? Yeah. Okay. I don't know how he wins that much. Like I, did, like I disagree with almost everything he says in the NBA, but the guy actually is very good at picking winners. I mean, it's shocking how good he is. Um, dude, maybe let's let's look at our first team All NBA. That'll be a good way to do it, and then we'll look at second team. I'll be our top ten, right? Sure. Because I mean, that's really a, a, a serious. Um, you know, a lot of people take that voting seriously, and I think it's it, it means something. So first team right now, Giannis uh, this season, Embiid, Luca, Tatum, and. Gilgis Alexander, right? What do they call uh, SGA? I hear. Okay, yeah. I mean, they were really putting him in the top ten of the players in the NBA, but oh, I, top five in this case. Oh, wow. But he had a monster. Yeah, 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 he did. Okay, now I really don't. I mean, Gilgis doesn't see. That seems maybe foreign born, but I'm guessing not. Where's he from? Canada. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, he's contigu- contiguous though. <laughs> Is but you look at it, Giannis Embiid and Luca, obviously foreign born. Mm-hmm. And then you look at second team, you've uh, got, let's look at second team here. you got Curry. Boy, they were wrong, huh, McKenzie? Regular season, didn't play that many games. Yeah. Well, you know the monstrous uh, playoff staff had. Um, <laughs> First ever to have 50 in a playoff game, although that record was broken post you, you don't really think that the, the Golden State had a good playoffs, did you? No, Golden State did not. And you think Steph had a monster one? I thought he played almost as well as last year at finals, last year's couple, last couple rounds. But he, it was only four games. How many games was it? Seven plus six, 13. All right. So um, 13, a one, one series is we got Jokic on this one. So right now we're saying amongst the best players, I would make the case that, as you said, Scott, is you got the Joker, Mm -hmm. you got Giannis, you got Luka, you got Embiid, the current reigning MVP. I would make the case those are the four best players in basketball. And I'm not sure that anyone could even debate that. I mean, Curry, you couldn't debate. I think he's second team for a reason, right? They did put SGA over him at the guard position. So, I mean, that, like you said, that's a shocker, but yeah. it's, he must have clearly been better. But let's forget the Canadian thing for a second. No one thinks he's a top four player, no. right? 
all four of those are not only foreign-born, but let's say foreign-born in a way where it takes people a long time to figure out how to pronounce their names. Right? I mean, yeah. I... Well, everyone says it differently. Which one are we talking about? All of them. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard people say, you know, Doncic, Donkic, uh, you know, Jokic, you know, well, I, Jokic. When, when it comes to Giannis, I can really make it clear to you. Very hey. nice anti-toko umpo. It's that, really that simple. <laughs> that, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but, but if the four best players are foreign-born, that is a story to me. The story is, is the American AAU system mm -hmm. of basketball, which these players, unless I'm mistaken, were not any of them involved in, where there's a European professional leagues that are very different, yeah. right? It seems like one is better than the other right now. Like, sure. who, who's the best clearly American player, like an all-American type where you would say that's the the next Michael Jordan Nike wants to get behind or the next Kobe? Even though Kobe was in Italy for various times, Kobe looked, seemed very American, right? Oh, it's saying right now, like, yeah. climbing up the ranks? Mm -hmm. I can't think of one. I mean, you, the number you one have pick, to say the, Tatum the, is in the middle. Oh, 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 you're talking about in the NBA? I thought you meant, like, coming up. I'm I was anybody. Oh, yeah, I, I think, I think. well, I think, I think Durant and Curry are the two best American players right but, now. But, but at this point, Durant and Curry are on yeah, the no, back I would side. Say, I would Booker say, I, and Tatum, probably? Yeah, I, I, yeah, Booker and Tatum, yeah. I, I've always said that Tatum is my guy if I'm starting a team right now, you know, for the future based on age. And maybe I made this argument two years ago, maybe not now. But, yeah, when he was 20, what is he, 24 now? I said it when he was, like, 22 or we whatever. Tatum. Okay. Yeah. But let's just say this. To whatever degree, I think it's hard to say Tatum hasn't stalled to some degree. Hmm. I mean, the, the, the sense of that upward trajectory. Yeah. And as much as we're going to say Booker, well, I mean, what, 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 you said Booker was your guy? McKenzie? Uh, under 25, American player, I'd take Tatum. Uh, but Booker's right there. All right. And Booker was, what, 13 this year? Uh, what, yes. Uh, I'm not sure. One sec. So, I mean, I guess he wasn't first two teams. We know that much. So, I guess my point is when you have four guys better than mm -hmm. anyone could even debate, even if you were biased to the American players, and now the question is, well, do, how do they play? Well, they play differently. Giannis plays differently. Giannis yeah. plays like the 80s NBA, right? Mm -hmm. Not shooting threes as much. He's tough on well i don't know defense was hit or miss in the 80s but th there was at least it was ex it was glorified right mm -hmm. people loved a tenacious d now it's like this whole aau culture of scoring of dunking of flashiness and it and is it a coincidence that Giannis seems to not be f at all popular in the nba where there's multiple players i think harden being at the forefront as Giannis was emerging as the best player in the nba before he won his first title there was a lot of beefs there mm. and it, and Mackenzie, can you fill us in on some of that with Giannis and it, it seems some of the American players like icing him out at, in All Star game. Yeah, it, there, there's just a discussion of run and dunk, is what James Harden said, and like uh, what I do actually takes skill, and that's just one guy. But you get a little bit of sense of um, maybe he's not the best player, like everybody says, from the other players. Or do you get a sense the other players... Or they're just jealous and they don't want to call him the best player. Yeah, you know, it's a similar kind I think of maybe, thing. Well, no, it's the opposite, actually. Is I think what it feels like to me... By the way, Booker didn't... McKenzie's guy didn't make any mm. all-NBA team. But, um, huh. but the... Um, now, Mitchell is... Would you say... How much would you say Mitchell got upgraded in the playoffs? Uh, so he got downgraded. You'd say downgraded. And, yeah. and Booker was surging in the playoffs, you think? Yeah. I mean, he scored 40 points a game in the series he lost. Best series he played, for sure, in his career. 
Was that it was against Denver, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because like people now are saying Durant and Booker are the two be- best one two in the league mm-hmm. potentially. But then it's like Booker is not even a top 15 player, at least based upon this voting, which, yeah. again, I think is very serious. You know, it's very – those people, you know, if you listen to Bill Simmons, they take these votes like they're voting for the president, and there's only 100 votes. So, I mean, it's like they're pretty serious with it. So I guess my point is it does feel like there's the NBA, AAU-type players. There's the foreign-born who don't have that mentality. And I would say none of the foreign-born that are the big – time guys seem they don't play like Americans play and isn't it interesting other than the Golden State dynasty which give them a ton of credit right I mean amazing other than those who has won the title since 15 Milwaukee with Giannis so you would say that's not a typical big three time big three-point shooting team Mm -hmm. okay and we actually looked at those stats yeah yeah right and then we had Toronto right and obviously you can say, well, who was the foreign-born? Well, it's in Canada. <laughs> and number two, it just I think Toronto played you know, not AAU-style basketball. Even Kawhi wasn't AAU-style basketball, right? At least then even more not the case. And then we have, um, who am I missing here? Last year was, uh, who am I missing? We won one other title. Um, That's it? Because the Warriors, you said the Lakers in 2020? Oh, no, I didn't say the Lakers. Mm. So, you know, now the Lakers certainly fit the bill of not being a three-point shooting team. So this whole idea that you got to shoot threes, right, to win now, or at least you got to shoot a bunch of threes. Hasn't that, other than Steph Curry and that Golden State team, it was the best shooting team of all time. You know, it's it's really funny that you, that you bring this up because wasn't it a couple of years ago where there was like this this online movement where it was – the narrative was that Steph Curry is ruining basketball. And there were people that said, you know, Which they showed. I'm not so sure and, and, I disagree yeah, with that. Yeah. Well, I'm saying now, thinking about it, like, it could be true. Like, they were talking, and, and, like, they showed clips of, like, high school kids shooting, like, half-court shots and the deep threes. And it's like, yeah, like, Steph is making all these crazy shots, but he's ruining the game of basketball because now all these kids growing up, all they want to do is shoot these deep three-pointers. And they can do it. That's the thing about Jordan. Most kids couldn't play like Mike, Mm -hmm. right? But with Steph, you look at him, you think, I could do that. I mean, it's crazy that people think that, but that's what they do. Yeah, if I get in the gym and just shoot, you know, 200 three-pointers from the top of the key every day, I'm going to build my jump shot, and I'm going to be a great jump shooter. Doesn't make you a great defender. Doesn't make you great off the pick and roll. Doesn't make you an all-around great basketball player. But, yeah, you can shoot the lights out. But I got to be honest with you. When I was a kid, there was the transition from the 80s to the Michael Jordan style Mm -hmm. of flashy. I would rather people be influenced by staff than Michael as much as I love Michael because I think that style, they couldn't play at all. And it kind of, in a way, listen, post-Jordan, the NBA had a real – nadir as they would say there was a real kind of downward turn where there wasn't any really good play until kobe really emerged well also the nba had to manipulate its rules like they got rid of hand checking they got Uh, rid of the free uh, yeah that's you know illegal defense they 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 implemented you know they they, a lot of things that they put in place to kind of free up the guys to be able to to move around now i think illegal d was always there uh that's interesting can look at that because eventually obviously when they went to the Mm -hmm. zone being viable yeah they, they changed the rule to allow zone 
Uh, previously, Which hurts offense, obviously. You couldn't be like a, a hanger no, outer. You had shooting. to either double or be on your uh. man. So when they said the zone's okay, there was a new defensive, illegal defense rule, which is you can't be in the the lane for three seconds. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. No, but, but the zone promotes shooting. Not, yeah, that's a good yeah, point. not moving, dribbling, slashing, all that. Which at the time I don't think was their intention yeah, necessarily. Yeah. But and again, I don't blame Steph at all. Mm -hmm. I think Steph has to do what he has to do to win, and sure. he's one of the great winners in the history of the NBA. It's just to me in general, the stout, the, the all the three point shooting, except for Golden State, no team since fifteen that's won it has been more than ninth when it comes to number of three points uh, pointers taken. Mm -hmm. Right. So the top eight three-point teams every year have not won the title with the exception of Golden State. Again, a once-in-a-lifetime type quality shooters around them. I mean, obviously with Clay, it was unbelievable. And then you add Durant, it was unbelievable. So, do you, as, as a casual, as not a hardcore NBA guy, do you look at this and say, wow, maybe that story about threes are so necessary with such frequency isn't valid? Yeah, and I think there's something to the the analytical part of it, where the narrative became, well, you know, a three-pointer is better than taking a shot from the field. Three's more than two. Three's more than two, right? And so you're better off just, just looking for the three, unless you're going to get to the basket, which some most of these guys don't. Dunks and threes. Dunks and threes. That's the league. And you bring up analytics. you you got to wonder if the 97% chance the Celtics have to win is based on a scoring margin they got when they could shoot threes freely, but was totally different in the playoffs. And maybe we got to throw some of that scoring margin out. When it comes to the playoffs. And I think with the playoffs, additionally, the, as Mackenzie's saying, the D is more tenacious, which means you're going to close out on shooters, be more aggressive but num defensively. Mm -hmm. But number two, the pressure. I mean, right. think about it. If you're shooting a hook shot or you're slamming the ball, there's not a lot of pressure slamming, right? But a three is a very nuanced, you know. Mm -hmm. So watching that Boston, did you watch that Boston game, the, the game seven? Yeah. Watching that, I can't imagine what I saw from the Celtics is what it was like. That's that's the style we want in a game seven. I can't imagine mm -hmm. that. No. Because how many times have we seen, and I brought this up on the main pod or on, on the dream preview. This is the main pod here. But, <laughs> but the um I I brought up the idea of uh, Houston in a couple of those closeout games or really important games shooting disastrously. We can go back to the Knicks and Starks. You probably remember this, right? Mm -hmm. Against Houston, uh, if I recall. Yeah. Uh, what was he like? Three for the guy couldn't hit the bro couldn't, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Cap shoot, but I tell you, his slam over Michael was a hell. Of a Remember that that famous play? He yeah, had but you know that that card doesn't like exist anymore because Michael makes sure that. No, what what is it now? There's, there was a there was a playing card that had that slam that on? had the dunk of Starks dunking over Pippen and Jordan's hand is in there, and so it's like oh he dunked over Jordan too. And I think Jordan had something to do with you like think. removing. Now you're it. saying you no, think. no, no. There's like articles about <laughs> it. It's like um, uh, there's like a whole thing of Michael Jordan having like his like like getting those. That's like, why either what, stop being made or getting them off the market or something. Would have like been that. interesting if he would have had him like like paint out his hand even being in there. <laughs> yeah, like airbrush it out. <laughs> speaking of yeah, speaking of analytics, uh, five thirty eight. There's an article, oh, an article from twenty twenty uh, about when Topps edited Michael Jordan out of the John Starks. So card. He, they did edit mm -hmm. it. Oh my gosh, um, that's great. <laughs> Send me that link. Here's what's funny though. Here's what's funny. Okay, is. Trump, a guy who, in a weird way, is very similar to Michael in the following narrow sense. Mm -hmm. He's one he never wants to seem weak. 
right? Because Mike was thinking, I seem weak if I'm getting dunked on, right? And Trump's always been one not to seem weak. Now, again, you're a Trump fan or not, you could say you certainly know that has been his intention, right? And people will say, how small-minded is someone to think about that being a consideration or whatever, right? It's like, okay, maybe. But then Michael, who by all accounts is a genius businessman, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, not a genius owner. Let's just say he's who, before Michael came along, who made the most money as an athlete? I would make the case hardly anyone made any no, the, the yeah. monster money. No, right? yeah. Ali was having to fight at the end mm-hmm. because he was broke, right? They, and all the, Joe Lewis, I mean, boxing obviously was, but it wasn't like Oscar Robinson had a ton of money or even Kareem. No, I if you just if you watch the movie Air, they 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 talk about how you know the deal that Jordan's mother negotiated was literally was the first of its kind, where Jordan got the percentage of the sales. Yeah, and now it led to change the entire way endorsement deals are done for for history. Now, did I hear? I I think I saw and maybe look this up, Mackenzie. Is um, a year right now? Michael is making I think it's something like sixty or seventy million a year off his. It's more than that. Okay, I, don't, I want to see yeah. what the number is. But, I mean, to think about this, the guy's been retired for, mm-hmm. you know, for 20 years, even the second, you know, the third, you know, comeback or whatever, or the second comeback. Um, speaking of analytics real quick, so I guess to finish the point, I think there is something in humanity that we don't like weakness, and it doesn't matter if someone's strong most of the time. If they seem weak, we look at it. Like, if someone wears glasses— Right, and they have bifocals. I don't care if it's Schwarzenegger. People look and go, "Oh, he's not as tough <laughs> as I thought." Right? I mean, that's just human nature, yeah. isn't it? And and I think it's not dumb for people in their own branding. You know, whatever it is, that, you know, I think weakness is something that people don't have a. Now they want you to be on it. It's a weird combination, right? If you act like like you got divorced and it never bothered you, or that you you broke your arm, it didn't hurt. We're gonna look and go, hmm. That guy's lying mm-hmm, to us, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's some weird combination. You got to thread the needle of of be honest, but not be weak, even though honestly we all are weak at times. Sure. Though I'm not, but other people. Yeah, of course yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan Jordan makes four hundred million a year <laughs> through the, through the Jordan brand. Jesus. Yeah. So how much money does he have now? <laughs> Billions. He's, I mean, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, as far as popularity goes, uh, here's the list of the top selling jerseys in the NBA this past season. Okay. LeBron won. Okay. Steph Curry, two. Uh-huh. Jason Tatum, third. Okay. Giannis, fourth. Uh-huh. Okay. Luca fifth. I thought you were going to say Michael was next. No, no. Luca fifth. So if you say, you know, Giannis is in popularity. So Luke, uh, Giannis, four. Luca five. Then Kevin Durant, six. Devin Booker, seven. John Morant, eight. Damian Lillard, nine. Kyrie Irving, ten. That's your top ten. Hmm. Now, the Kyrie's interesting. Jokic right? is 12th, by the way. And, and. Well, that's interesting. To me, the Kyrie thing is fascinating because you can't find a media member who like Kyrie at this point. <laughs> Can you? No. And, and it's like, I don't understand this because in general, you'd have to say Kyrie's positions are typically you'd say he's on the the, the left-leaning side of things. I, I, he doesn't have a lot of like, it seems like white supremacist like, and I'm, again, obviously the white supremacist is an extreme on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. But in general, if you said, is Kyrie liberal or, or is he pr- progressive or conservative? You'd have to say progressive, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But now, but but in the media, we unequivocally progressive, sympathetic. Why is it that no one likes Kyrie? It's baffling. It, and and there is a fight to power element to mm-hmm. it that people that also the media loves. If the media if someone's fighting the, the powers that be, they love that. 
I don't know what it is. I mean, I I think I know what it is. I mean, but but it is fascinating how disliked he is in the media. But still, the tenth most popular Jersey player. Sales, yeah. The NBA seems di- now. Where's Moran? Was Moran on that list? Yeah, Ja was. Uh, what was he? Eighth or ninth? When I just had it. Um... So let me ask you a question. This time next year, is he higher or lower on the list? I have a feeling. Higher. I think so. Yeah. Better. I think he becomes almost if he and if he leans into it all mm-hmm. the more, mm-hmm. a counterculture kind of rebel hero. Yep. What do you think, Mackenzie? I think it depends on how he plays. I think he, he, he won't be playing much. It could be slightly less or way more <laughs> if he becomes the Allen Iverson in the eyes of the youth. Okay, so I, I but let's assume he's uh, forty-one game. Let's hear half a season. Let's say, which I would be my guess is his suspension. So he won't play all that much. I think it'd be slightly less. Uh, we, I wasn't asking. I wasn't asking your prediction on that. I was saying let's assume it's somewhere in that range. All right. Is do you, how does that affect this idea that it's how he plays is the deciding factor? I think it hurts it because he's not going to make any All NBA teams or he's not going to be in the All Star game. So I think he's out of sight, out of mind, largely. But uh, they just made a movie out of 2001 76ers. That's the kind of uh, it was like a cultural phenomenon when Iverson was good. When he wasn't so good, it wasn't such a big deal. Yeah, well, when he wasn't so good, it was after a long time of him being in the public eye, too. Mm-hmm. For Jaw, this will be really the first time if he does emerge. What was he on that ranking? Eighth. Yeah, so he, you know, he's right there with. Um, it's interesting because you could make the case that he was the American-born player. Yeah. That w- that that had the best potential, and I think the NBA was gearing up to go behind him. But now, obviously, that's not the case. Now, if it ever becomes the case again, we'll see. Zion Williamson, nowhere to be found on this list. No, he's at the buffet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back to game one because I want to have fun with some of these uh, special props that you can bet on on DraftKings for game one of the NBA Finals. I got one question, though. Yes. I I would say in general when I'm a little rascally and have some fun, you laugh and you're into it. But when I make, like, chubby jokes— and I never make chubby jokes about normal people, right? Because I, I'm, sure, I, yeah, I could lose a few pounds. <laughs> but I think if you're an athlete and you're chubby, you deserve you deserve a little bit of joking, right? Yes, yes. But, but it does. But I'm seem... sensitive to it. No, oh no, God, Lord! I got to tell you, if you could be fat, really fat for one day, I mean, there was a time, you know, I'm like under 200, but I there was a time I was probably 230, right? So when I was 230, there was a point. That I went to get uh, extra, you know, extra large. I think I wore extra large since I was like in high school, right? So I went to get extra large and it didn't fit. And I go, uh oh, if I if I gotta go to double, if I'm I'm not going to big and tall. That really was an epiphany because I'm only, you know, I'm not even six foot. I'm five, you know, ten and a half. You know, people only say a half if they're under six. Sure, foot. But, sure, sure. But the but the fact you don't want to be weak. But the <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is at that moment I was sitting in like a, a Marshalls or something, right? And I'm saying this this is not going to work. And that's really when I started losing. But you know, I guess what I'm saying is at that weight, you walk in a room. And you're thinking, people thinking I'm fat right now? And like, like if, if you're talking to a girl, you're wondering what angle you should be yeah. You're not any, I mean, you're muscled up. You should be in that body for a little while and then understand, because it is a very different thing. Ask Mackenzie. It's a very different thing. <laughs> not right. What was your top weight, Mackenzie? Because he's lost weight, too. Yeah, I was 260. And what Whoa. are you now? 240. 
All right, so that's a big 20 pounds, isn't it? Yeah. I can't yeah. picture 260 on him. But wow. Tom, he's, long, he's tall, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I guess my point is laugh when we make fun of Zion <laughs> because he's getting paid millions of dollars to, and apparently doesn't care. Listen, I'm the guy that tweeted out that R.J. Barrett would be a better pro than Zion Williamson. So far, I'm right. Zion hasn't oh, been on the court. I, I don't know. I think we've already proven that one. Yeah, to okay, okay. The dunks and threes. That argument's gone. All right, game one. And, Mackenzie, feel free to, to, to jump in on this because I want your take on some of these as well because you're obviously going to look at this as far as how you feel the series is going to play out or how it needs to play out game script-wise. But you can bet some of these uh, NBA Finals specials. Now, these are all one-sided props, right? You can't yes. bet the no. There's no. There's no yes, no. So I think the trick here is that you do it the way you want. Maybe rattle through these, mm-hmm. and, and we'll tell you if anything's yeah, there one that, Is yeah. there one that yeah. sparks your interest? Yes. And I won't give you the odds until you say it sparks your interest. Well, that's the only thing that interests me okay. is the odds. Well, everything's, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> here we go. Uh, Jokic to score 40 points in any NBA Finals game, plus 145. Okay. I, here's why I don't like that. For a player that's as dominant as him, He's about triple-double. Well, he's not even about that. He's about, though, the best shot in any given possession. Mm-hmm. And that means, you know, rebounding is important. Assists are important. So I'd say he doesn't focus on scoring like you might think. Now, what's interesting is he scores a lot more in games they lose than games they win. That's when they actually are winning, playing their best ball. He's distributing, getting his 28, and spreading the wealth. If he gets 40, it's actually a bad sign for them, at least historically. Jokic to record 15 or more assists in any NBA Finals game, plus 220. So I'll get McKenzie's thought here. My thought, that's interesting, plus 220. Mm-hmm. Kenzie, can you stack rank at Pro uh, Basketball Reference sure. and see how many times he had that this year out of the, his games? Because my thought is that... <sighs> My thought is this might be juicy just because people don't realize how much he is assist-driven. Yeah. But I still think they're not going to give it. I would say I'd rather this bet certainly than the points bet. But we can come back to it if you want when McKenzie gets I, I want to see if the data backs it up. Sure. Uh, all right. How about this for Jokic? Jokic to average a triple-double in the NBA Finals, minus 125. Boy, it's my instinct, isn't it? I can't believe on a minus 125 they won't let you bet no. Yeah. That tells you something, right? I would bet no a, a plus one fifteen or or even plus one oh five a twenty cent straddle. I would I would bet the no just because it's so. Ch- I mean, has it ever even happened? He's had he just set the record this year for the most triple doubles in an NBA postseason. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm not saying this season already. He this has postseason, okay. yeah, yeah. He passed Wilt Chamberlain for the most triple doubles in a single NBA postseason. And. Well, that, the amazing thing is there used to be like two rounds. The fact that Will, the fact that Will had but that record. Jokic only did it in however many rounds, right? He hasn't played the finals yet. No, that's what I – well, yeah. three. Three, but, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, but and remember, the series used to be three-game series mm-hmm. sometimes, and then it was five, and then it was uh, – all right, so let's see here. Jokic in the playoffs, McKenzie got some stats. All right, in the wins, 12 wins, 27 points a game, and the losses three times only, 42 a game. That's interesting, isn't it? Butler and wins 31, Butler and losses 22. That's very good stuff here. Um, and what pays 18.51, you're saying? Uh, heat money line, this is game one. Jokic to score 30 and Butler to score 30. Okay, now. Oh, wow. Because Boy, that was good instinct. Because that's saying it's correlated. It's correlated because if Miami wins, oh, I, Butler's yeah. going to go off and Jokic is, in the losses scores. That's very interesting. So that would be applicable to every game. I think right? so. 
That's interesting. So if we just blind bet that the entire series. Now, can't we? What if we blind? What if we bet the, the other side as well? See, that's pretty smart, isn't it? So to see what the payoff is on that once you get our stack, that's very clever, actually. Because the theory is with the big lay price here, you're, you're going to be above. I think you're going to be above even. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. And if it's the if the correlation plays every time, Jokic goes under, Butler goes under. Yeah, and it's and not going to be every Nuggets time, win. but it's going to be more, yeah, than more random. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it was 15 assists for Jokic? Yes. Uh, he did that six out of 87 games this yeah, year. Yeah, so that tells yeah, you. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And plus, the, I mean, in theory, scoring's lower in the NBA mm -hmm. player, and certainly with Miami. So that's a horrible – man, they're stealing. Yeah. But I really want to see what that the yeah. reverse parlay would pay out. So while he's doing that, let me give you another yeah. Jokic one here. Jokic to <laughs> Jokic to record a triple double in every NBA Finals game, yeah. eighteen to one. Again, any of those jumbo ones are yeah. it's almost like the NFL uh, in the Super Bowl is whenever you get those long shot babies, they and it's one sided. And what we mean by one sided is you can't bet the no. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I said, you know, I'm going to give you odds on aliens landing. <laughs> In the half during the halftime show, it can't be during the third quarter. It can't be you know, uh, thirty to one. Right? I mean, that's what I've yeah. seen that before, like fifty to one or something on that. And it's like, well, if I could get a hundred, a hundred to win one, as long as I didn't have to post up, or as long as it was in escrow, mm -hmm. yeah. But they won't do that. Here's what I actually like: Jimmy Butler to record ten assists in any NBA Finals game, plus one fifty. Here's why I like that. If I give Butler credit, if he's not hitting or he's a little hobbled, he'll he'll play often, but he doesn't shoot a ton. He doesn't shoot mm -hmm. his team out of the game, which means he's going to handle the ball and pass. I actually like that. Yeah, plus 150. And, and that's a, in any game. Any game in the series, he records 10 or more assists. Uh, let's see. Let's go another. Uh, how about uh, let's go a Jamal Murray one. Now, Jamal I, I, Murray. I might like something here. 40 points in any game. I like this one. So what's the payout? Plus 330. Yeah, because here's the thing. I I don't think Jokic might in a loss, right? but we don't expect him to lose many games. But I think Murray's the type, especially if he gets hot, Joker keeps feeding him. He had some monsters. Mm -hmm. in, uh, and he's, this is kind of his coming out party, Murray. So I actually would say, though I don't like the type of bet and the fact that you can't bet the other way, of all of them so far, I like that one the best. What, Mackenzie, what do you think of that one? I like it. He's a he's a microwave, so he, he need one game. I like that aspect of it. He's a microwave. Like if he gets hot, he keeps going. Like Benny, hot. the microwave Johnson from the Detroit. Yeah, Pistons? he's a he's an archetypal character that's been been used for other players now. Yeah, Benny mm. Johnson from Detroit. All right. Now is microwave a better nickname than refrigerator? It's quicker. Yeah. Plus it heats instead. Of, it's the opposite in many ways. And one small, in theory, and the refrigerator's big. Refrigerators, kids used to get trapped inside of them in the latches and suffocate. So I don't think I'd want to be like an old refrigerator. Uh, <laughs> Mackenzie's got the opposite correlated parlay. So Butler under 27 and a half. Mm -hmm. Jokic under 27 and a half. Nuggets money line plus 330. All right. So Jokic, you know, can you look at the... You know what you could do actually in the database is look at the regular season this year and have the t have it be Team Denver, have it be a loss, and then there's a way to pull up the player results. I can do that? Yep. Yeah. Take have it, it be a loss or a win? 
Well, I think we want to look at the splits for Jokic in the regular season to yes, see if, yes, if yes. that if that's the case. Because three games is small sample. Forty two is a lot of points, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the story makes sense. I wonder. I bet if you look at his splits, that most of the scoring, or not most, but a disproportionate amount in the second half, because no one else is hitting, and he says, "All right, I got to put it on my back." Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. And Butler. So how many Butler would have to be over twenty seven? Under. Uh, We'd go the under on both players. Um, but no, no, no. If we're assuming, no, no, no. If we're assuming Miami's going to win, Butler does better, uh, does, scores more and wins. So it'd be over Butler. No, no, no. I'm talking about if we do the reverse. All right. The, so you're saying if Denver wins. Yes. The, the, the plus 330 under, is and, Butler under, Jokic under, and Nuggets money line. All right. So what we're saying is either way, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be both of them the same because they're inverted. One does well. Correct. Okay. All right. So, yeah, the reason I like, I don't love, I kind of do like, the Denver one's interesting. I don't see them losing the first game. Mm-hmm. So now the theory is okay, if Denver wins, Joker's under, Butler's under. Yeah. Yeah. But remember, Joker averaged 27 points in the losses. No, in the wins. Oh, in yeah. the wins. So yeah. still, it's right on that. It's right board, on the number. Yes. Right? I'd rather get less of a payout and it'd be 31. Yeah, like do like an alternate under. Yeah, which are can you do that? Yeah, of course. Try to put that together. That's interesting, isn't it? Uh, let's see. Because I, it does feel like it's right there. Like to score twenty, you can you can kind of luck, not luck, but you can accidentally. You know the old line, I messed around and got a triple double. Right? <laughs> Is you can kind of mess around and score twenty seven. You can't mess around and score thirty two, right? If if that's an odd. So to me, you see my point there, Mackenzie. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I feel like it's very often that it, it's a guy hits a shot in the fourth quarter to score 28. This happened with Jimmy Butler. And then he's done. That's the end of his night. But he does, like yeah, unlikely he, to happen at 32. Just l- slightly less unlikely. And I actually like the 32 because if he is a numbers guy, he might want to get to 30. And then he's good. You know, so like 32 and a half would be perfect. What's our options? Uh, 31 and a half. All right, I just put this together. Nuggets minus nine. I went to the I went to the spread. Jokic under 31 and a half. Butler under 30 and a half. That's 370. Uh, I certainly don't want the spread. So, um, but I'm I'm happy if we can get an alternative line below five. So four and a half I would lay. I mean, to me, this line's a little inflated. If I had to play this line right now, I think I'd play the Heat. But I think this correlation's interesting. But I think in a weird way, this is a game where the spread could matter more than most, I feel like. Because once you get up to a nine-point spread, it can be a blowout, and you still you know, mm. get it under eight late. So I did, I, I did Nuggets money line, mm. and I did Jokic under alternate 31 and a half. Oh, I can deal with that. And then I did Butler under alternate 28 and a half. Okay. We can't get higher on Butler? Oh, I can get higher. Get a little higher. Well. I want to get but Butler. The, it's, it's not a good pass. What is it? Yeah, uh, plus one eighty one right Who now. Who says that's not good? Yeah, sure. I mean, what I'm <laughs> saying is it some? I mean, it's, it's so just, you want to go like under Butler, like yeah, it's like thirty? Yeah, go under thirty and a half if we can. Under thirty and a half for Butler mm-hmm. makes it plus one forty six. I'm fine with that. I mean, we're getting, so it's Jokic. Think about the baseball team you got to play to get a plus one forty six. Yeah, you're right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Nationals against the Cub against the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, I think this is really sweet. So Nuggets money line, mm-hmm. Jokic under 31 and a half, Butler under 30 and a half. 
I like it. Plus 146. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I mean, this is... All right, whose car are we taking? <laughs> yeah. now, now, let's focus. Let's focus for a minute on the wisdom of this. And I think Mackenzie saw it first, and then Scott had the good idea on flipping it. But it's weird that we got the two leading scores in this series both being correlated to the wins and losses so prominently. So Joker, when they lose, scores 42 in the playoffs. Joker, when they win, 27. So a 15-point difference. Butler, when he wins, when he wins, 31. When he loses, 22. So a nine-point difference. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter if it's inverted or not or if it's the same. It's the fact that we have that correlation to wins and losses. So now we say, okay, well, do we like Denver? Do we like Miami? And then I'm not sure you, it wouldn't be a good bet just to do it every game both ways. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. But if you've got an opinion on the game, it's even better. Right, because it's a way to take your opinion and run with it. I'm going to add one play to this parlay. Here we go. Here we go. What is it? It is your best bet for the game. Nuggets, third quarter, just a win. No spread. Mm -hmm. What's it take us to? Plus 252. Well, that is sweet. So, by the way, on the Dream Preview, I gave my best bet third quarter for Denver. And history in these spots tell us that. Uh, third quarter is the best. And what's interesting is these teams with a lot of rest versus teams without rest, the tire team, Miami in this case, does very well in the first quarter. It's crazy. The, the average line is like minus seven, and they're even in the first quarter in this data set. So the third, the second quarter you get some edge, but the third is where the edge. And the fourth tends to be about even because usually there's a blowout by that point. Mm -hmm. So third quarter, which makes a ton of sense to me. And at altitude – I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's any rest versus rust, you want to say, well, Denver will get back into the swing of things after one half of basketball. We're going to have to get Fez's opinion on this. I I wonder why no – I wonder if they have some kind of patent or something on these same-game parlay. Well, FanDuel and DraftKings does them, right? Mm -hmm. But no one in, in – no book in Vegas is doing No it. book in Vegas does it. I wonder what, what that – is that the commission you think? Or you can't do – I just think that it's because you can't do correlated parlays in Vegas. Like, Well, you can't with normal payouts. Yeah. You I, can't do correlated parlays with normal payouts anywhere. Though. That's true. Like, they, right. they wouldn't let you do, like, a, a run line with an over. You know, like, you can't do that yeah, in, in baseball. All, the, the, the real genius – and I think that – I don't use that word often. I think genius of this marketing – is they're saying people don't really understand how much we're going to depress these payouts. Mm -hmm. Thus, we can depress them where the correlation doesn't matter but because we're not paying enough to make it truly be correlated, but people feel like they got correlation. Now, what we're trying to do, what's different is saying they aren't looking at – now, especially with Denver winning and Jokic um, scoring less, they're, they're probably paying off – it's interesting. Flip that to say Jokic is scoring more. Right and 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 I bet the playoff goes down. That will prove if we're on the right. If that happens, I think we got a good bet here. You got to do it at the uh, at the at the minus one ten value though, right? So you want Jokic? No, so no. instead of instead of under thirty one and a half, you want to go over thirty one and a half. Over thirty one and a half is going to pay like plus one eighty. Yeah. So he's or, making a, he's making a good point. But what we want to do is how about we do this? And Mackenzie can do it as we continue. Is do this? Do the over unders at their current market. Right, so that way we don't have any variation, right. and then have him go over once and under once with everything else the same. And my bet is Jokic over pays less because they think that's correlated to Denver winning, but it's actually not. But the way they're going to price it is Jokic over 
as the one difference, will pay less, is my guess. Well, yeah, because the over 27.5 is minus 128. The under 27.5 is minus 104. Yeah, I, I just did Nuggets money line, Jokic over 27. Uh, you just said that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, 27 and a half money line with the with Jokic over 27 and a half is plus 114. Under is plus 156. And okay. I think it should be better. Uh, it's more likely, yeah. But his point is saying that at a certain price, the, the lay price is a little bit more. So can you lower it so it's about even money both ways? Yeah, 27 and a half is even money both ways. Okay. So and, and the two prices are? Plus 114 when it goes over and then plus 156, a bigger payout when it goes under. See, so that's why we got value here. Mm-hmm. Is that they think we're going something that's anti? They think it's anti-correlated, so they're giving us something good, or at least not as much as we deserve, but something good. Yeah. And, and but we think it's correlated. That that is a that's how you can beat these things. And I like adding the third quarter. Now, if it's we just not take really a correlated. I know. Though. So if we just take it out, we yeah. just have our plus one forty-six on like the that. Jokic under thirty-one and a half, Butler under thirty and a half, Nuggets money line. You know something? Do me one favor. Try to get me up to the same 32 and a half. Get me up a little higher with Butler. I don't want Butler in the last minute because he fights hard at the end. I don't want him fighting at the end and scoring. <laughs> I mean, you know, they might be down by 20 and he's still trying to score. All right. I'll get you, I'll get you higher on Butler. Plus, let's be honest. I don't care about plus 140. I'll take plus 110. So I mean, let's do Butler under 32 and a half? Yeah, yeah. That way I can remember it easier if it's the same number. Too. <laughs> and you want Jokic instead of 31 and a half? You uh, want him to bump up? Yeah, let's do that. So I think we're, we're still going to be better than – I think we're still going to be So plus we're going to go 32 and a half on Butler. Both players. Yeah, I think we're going to still be plus money. Plus 108. Yeah, that's perfect. That's our bet right there. Let's let's lock that in. That's Nuggets money line, mm-hmm. Butler under 32 and a half, uh-huh. Jokic under 32 and a half. I think we'll be undefeated without AJ. Yeah, this has been fun. Thank you for uh, filling in for AJ this morning. I, I actually have a little bit of AJ. Uh, I don't want to call it drama, but I think he's going to get very angry at this. You okay. want to talk about it a little bit? Okay. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? What do you mean he's going to get angry? I'm going to propose the following on the dream preview next week. Okay. It's going to be this. Are we really sure that Herbs is good? <laughs> wow. Because I for the first time You sure you want to get into this? I'm sure. Okay. But I have I have a bodyguard coming. <laughs> yeah. But I would <laughs> he, he he has a concealed carry permit. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing, for the first time I've started hearing experts Kind of clear the throat a little bit, saying, "All right, we, yeah." And Herbert, if if you want to put him in that category, like I'm hearing in the narrative a real ch- uh, sea change. Would you mm. agree with? Have you heard that before? I don't know. Recently, if I, I don't know if I've heard it. I, I think. Well, I'm very attuned to these kinds. Yeah, of Yeah, and maybe I have a little bit of blinders on as well because I've always just considered him to be in in that tier of quarterback. But no, well, would you agree when people are ranking the best quarterbacks now? That nobody had, nobody has Herbert over Burrow. No, no, Burrow's above Herbert. Yes, and I mean Herbert is hitter. I mean I've seen a couple next week on the Dream Preview. We are going to do our quarterback draft, mm-hmm. right? So I think this is a good time to get him riled up. But I'm telling you, I I've listened to the draft that um, PFF did. They did one on the main show over there, and then uh, the Athletic did one just in the last week or two, and. Herbert was not, I think he was fifth or sixth. I was going to say, he's about five, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, I think one of them had, in fact, now I think uh, PFF had Hurts over him. So, I mean, like, the idea that Hurts is over him, it means, it can't. Honestly? I'm not sure it's wrong. 
I mean, I'm trying not to give anything away for our draft. Yeah, okay. But um, you're high yeah. on Hurts. Yeah. Okay. And, and and that brings up an interesting point. Herbert's now, in theory, he's going to sign between now and the, the start of the season. Right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. very rare that some a beloved quarterback doesn't sign that first year. Right? Meaning it's different if you're yet to prove yourself, obviously, et cetera. But, I mean, every – I mean, uh, uh, Every Josh Allen, all these elite guys, Mahomes, when they after their third year, they sign the extension, right? So let's assume Herbert signs between now and then. So he now we can't say that he's off of his rookie deal because they can structure this however they want. But still, he is by all accounts got one year left on his cheap time. Mm-hmm. Then it's in theory a fifth year option. And then he's a jumbo paid quarterback. Now, however they do, if they sign him soon, that's their choice. But you can only spread it around so much, meaning he's got one year left cheap and he hasn't won a playoff game. At what point? Do, and it's not like the Chargers have supposed to have been bad these years. They've all mm-hmm. they've underperformed every year based on expectations. Now, I'm not sure. I, I thought they was getting fired. And I'm not sure that would. I, I think they would have if they wouldn't have. Did they make the playoffs? Yeah, but they made the playoffs nice and clean. Though mm-hmm. in our stats, they were the most overrated team. Just if you looked at like line of scrimmage and stuff. But when does the when does the change? Let me ask you this: How often does a quarterback get much better after year three? Like that's the weird thing about year three. When a quarterback is whatever he is, year three tends to be what he is. Like think about the elite. Let's think about Brady. I think well, the, the elites have gotten better. Yeah, yeah separ- I'm saying separating the Isn't that what Herbert's supposed to be? Yeah. like, And I'm not saying he's supposed to be there yet, but I'm saying if you think about the elites of the last 20 years, mm-hmm. or let's say 10 years to keep it simple, Brady was by his year three was great, right? He won a Super Bowl his first year mm-hmm. starting, right? Yep. Okay, obviously Peyton Manning was great by year three. Let's keep going down the list. Josh Allen, great by year three. Mahomes, great by year three. Rodgers. Rodgers, great by by year three of playing. By year is, three of playing, yes. Yeah, but he was great year one of playing, so you can kind of balance mm-hmm, it. with mm-hmm. he, he sat for a long three years, right? So who hasn't? And this doesn't seem so good for Daniel Jones either. I would uh, well, Drew Brees. Um. But, he kinda, but Drew Brees was mighty good with the charge. Yeah, he was very good. But he, I mean, he reinvented himself, you know. Which is amazing. In, in Orleans, but but yeah. what I'm saying is he, I mean, and maybe you can say Herbert's really good. What I'm saying is Herbert seems second tier right now. I still think he's the, even if he never gets any better, he's still the eighth best, ninth best. But he's like a, is he that much better right now than, um, than Dak? Like, I know the couch scouts, the guys that can scout on the couch. Mm-hmm. Say his arm's better, but is his performance any better? Is his stats any better? I'm going to give you a crazy statement right right now. And this is not an opinion. This is a fact. Okay. Justin Herbert is tied right now with the sixth. With me with playoff wins? Yes. Me as well. (laughs) Uh, With the sixth best odds to be the MVP this season. Do you know what player he is tied with? No. Justin Fields. (laughs) <laughs> but there's a lot of fields love right I now. know, but it's like, you no one puts those two in the same sentence. If you, do they? <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny, though? You can't bet no on that either, can yeah, you? No. But, but what I'm saying is, I think Circa, if, you probably if we start this narrative, I think it gets to him. Yeah. Oh, his voice is going to get raised. It's it, so He might will, sweat. Well, you do this. I'm, I'm whispering so he can't hear. When I say it, 
Not right away, but after when you think it's right, say, you know something? I'm not sure I don't agree with it. (laughs) That's all you got to say. Just make sure I'm sitting further away from him, okay? (laughs) What do you think, Mackenzie? I'm glad he's not listening to this. This is a perfect setup. And if he listens, then congratulations. You're dedicated to your show. We'll see. (laughs) Thanks, RJ. Taking a look at the Major League Baseball schedule for today. A light schedule. We have a couple of day games and just three night games tonight as the focus obviously will be on the NBA Finals Game 1. But yes, there's still some Major League Baseball games going on. But let's take you through this schedule and the action starts in Toronto. That's up in Canada, eh? Kevin Gosman on the hill for the Blue Jays. Freddie Peralta gets the start for the Brewers. Toronto is minus 195. These two teams split the first two games of this series up in Toronto. Gosman's been pretty good this season. Three and three with a 3.03 ERA coming off a really good performance. Five and a third innings allowing just one run against Minnesota. So it's a high price to lay on the Blue Jays, but... I definitely give them the edge here uh, over Peralta and the Brewers. The Phillies will look to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Mets. The Mets are playing some good baseball lately, and Max Scherzer is on the hill for the Amazings. Taiwan Walker, former Met, who was making the rounds earlier this week, shaking hands and saying hi to his former teammates when the Phillies came into town. Taiwan Walker gets a start for the Phillies. Walker 4-2 this season, but a 557 ERA. The Mets are minus 170 with Scherzer on the hill. And it's been kind of like an up and down season for Scherzer. Obviously, he was not good when he first came back from the 10 day suspension with the uh, foreign substances. But since he since that game, he has allowed just two earned runs in three games combined. He went five innings against Washington, allowing just one run. He had six shutout innings against Cleveland, and then in Colorado, seven innings, allowing just one run. So, yeah, he had the terrible performance against Detroit. That was the first game back after the suspension, and then the three starts after that, Washington, Cleveland, and Colorado, all really bad offenses, by the way. He has was absolutely lights out. So Scherzer has looked a lot better, better than Taiwan Walker has. Mets minus 170 as they look to finish off. The three-game sweep. The Padres are at the Marlins. Joe Musgrove goes for the Padres. Jesus Lazardo for Miami. San Diego minus 120 with a total of eight. And there's just something about day games in Miami. I like them to go under. Uh, Rockies take on the Diamondbacks. As Arizona looks for the sweep. Zach Davies is on the hill for Arizona. Davies, who uh, has only pitched three games this season. Uh, 12 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's allowed eight runs on 14 hits in his last start against uh, Boston. Three and a third, two runs on five hits. Uh, but Colorado, they just, they're not doing anything right now, especially away from Coors Field. Arizona's minus 170. The total is 10 here. Chase Anderson is going to get the start for Colorado. He was uh, with Tampa to start the year. But since he has been with Colorado, he's made three starts. And in those three starts, he has only allowed three runs. He has a 1.31 ERA on the season. He's only going to go about five innings or so, but I think he's got an opportunity to limit this, this Diamondbacks offense. But the roof will be closed today. So a closed roof uh, could actually lead to more runs being scored. 
the Reds are at the Red Sox. Hunter Green on the mound for the Reds. Chris Sale goes for the Red Sox. Boston is minus 165. Chris Sale coming off a really good start against Arizona. Five innings, allowing just one run on four hits. And he's actually been pretty decent. I mean, he had that bad outing against Baltimore last month. But since then, one earned run, three earned runs, one earned run, two earned runs, one earned run. So Sale's been on a nice streak lately. Hunter Green, incredible swing and miss stuff. But the dude gets hit hard. Like, when he gets hit, he gets hit hard. Like, he is... Very susceptible to the home run ball. He's allowed seven home runs in the month of May. Although, his last start against the Cubbies, five shutout innings with 11 strikeouts. Total in this game between the Reds and the Red Sox is nine at Fenway. Guardians at the Twins. Minnesota's minus 140 with Pablo Lopez, my boy, on the hill against, uh, looks like it's going to be Tanner Beebe. On the hill for the Guardians. Total is eight in that game. The Angels take on the Astros. Reed Detmers, 0-4 with a 4.93 ERA, goes for the Angels. Framber Valdez gets the start for Houston. The Astros coming off a series in uh, Minnesota, losing two of three. And so they're looking to bounce back. Meanwhile, the Angels have uh, the offense has been has really shown up for the Angels. A 12-run outburst yesterday against the White Sox as they took two of three in Chi-Town. A reminder, if you haven't done so already, head to pregame.com and sign up. It's free. And once you sign up at pregame.com, you get $25 just for being a member. And you can use that $25 on anything you'd like on the website. You can go to the buy picks page, look under special discounts. We got some great offers for you available at pregame.com bulk dollar offers available on the website and bulk dollars. You can use on anything you want to spend and they just never expire. So that's always a great investment, but we're also running a UFC special. You know, AJ Hoffman, my co-host here on Straight Out of Vegas AM, he's got all the fighting picks, and when it comes to the UFC betting cards, AJ is all over it, and so we're running a special right now where you can get $50 off of AJ's 90-day UFC All Access. That means you get three months of UFC plays, so any event that occurs over the next 90 days, You get the plays from AJ, and you can take $50 off of the 90-day UFC all-access from our boy AJ Hoffman. You have to use the promo code UFC50 at pregame.com. For RJ Bell, Mackenzie Rivers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are Straight Out of Vegas AM.